You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. But he's never had the competition to push him. Yeah. He, he just dominated his competition it's like, with Waterloo. It's like me playing, like me playing Game Night 2. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not even fun anymore. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra, here with Brazilian Thai. Right off the top, I just want to acknowledge some things. You might have noticed a production difference with the show lately. Uh, we're recording the show different than we've ever done it before. Uh, we can see each other while doing this live stream, which uh, is good and bad. <laughs> If you would have saw me at 10 a.m. this morning, it would have been rough. <laughs> and uh, we're just, well, I'm in the middle of building like a home office studio, so it might be a bit echoey. That is what's happening right now. I hope to have this all figured out. If you want to watch our mugs, uh, get this on YouTube, hopefully in the near future. And uh, maybe, yeah, growing the two and out uh, CFL podcast. We are almost. Well, basically, on our seventh anniversary, this will be our eighth season tie. Coming up on seven years since you became Brazilian tie. <laughs> yeah. Um, still am, if you want, yeah. if you want TMI. <laughs> uh, I've been maintaining back, that? Nice. <laughs> I'm going back to Winnipeg in June. Oh. Um, I don't think I'm going to make it down there. The scene of the crime. I don't want to see old downtown stabby Winnipeg again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, Ty, the CFL draft was this week. That means we're only a couple weeks from training camp. But I guess before we discuss the draft, we have to discuss what went on before the draft. <laughs> because the Edmonton Elks were really busy here. It all started when they released a wide receiver, Martavis Bryant, and linebacker, Tyrell Robinson. Martavis Bryant comes with some name recognition after spending time in the National Football League. He was a stealer. That was his most productive years, I think. I yeah. think he was going to be a Raider. That didn't really that work. That always out. ends well for people. Yeah, and he was going to be an Argo, and that went nowhere. So I don't think he's ever going to make it up uh, to Canada, but that's, that's all right. The bigger news were the trades 
that the Elks were making. They were going to pick first overall, but they ended up trading down to Montreal. And uh, the Montreal Alouettes, this is mind-blowing, it ended up being their first first overall pick in 50 years. That pick, Larry Smith, ended up becoming a commissioner of the CFL, uh, a senator in Quebec. Tyrell Robinson's got a lot to live up to there. <laughs> those are those are some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, you know, I mean, nobody's going to be worse as a commissioner than Jeffrey Orridge. So, I mean, he's, we know he's not going to be last. He's not going to be the CFL commissioners, but... Uh, you know, for for it to be that long, um, that's makes, remarkable. If you're Montreal, you're just thankful that you know teams just don't. Well, I, you know, Montreal's had some real crap years and somehow stayed out of that last place. Like, it, well, it, to be fair, I, I think they didn't have first round picks the round last picks. two years because they of were the traded Johnny Football trade. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't help either. But yeah, for it to be that long is just crazy they all like i mean the oilers had the oilers had four in six years yeah <laughs> in a what a and there's a team lottery <laughs> there's a lottery system <laughs> they also traded offensive lineman kyle saxlid and linebacker grant donald Saxlid, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a mainstay on the Elks offensive line for years grant mcdonald was a contributor on special teams last year and the second overall pick, uh, in ex- oh, and, and sorry, I should say that was in the global draft. Uh, in return, they got the eighth overall pick from Hamilton and the twenty-eighth overall pick from Hamilton and the ninth overall pick in the global draft from Hamilton. So while the Tie Cats didn't have a first-round pick in this draft, I mean, if you look at their first round basically being Kyle Saxlid, an offensive lineman, and then linebacker Grant McDonald. I think the Ticats did okay in the trade. Yeah, they not, you know, I don't think it's a fleecing by any means, but, uh, you know, I, I'd say right now it looks like they've won the trade. Well, we have to kind of talk about what, what Chris Jones is thinking here, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. <laughs> I just think that he's just gone off the book, like off the off the book. Like nobody knows what is happening. He drafts a quarterback. Uh, you know, you sign. Well, I guess he didn't sign uh, the extension with Arbuckle. No, he didn't. That was before him. Yeah. So I don't know if he just wants. Like I, I just don't get it. Well. And we think about this. They, they trade away an offensive lineman there. And in return, in the trade with Montreal, they received uh, the rights to offensive lineman Carter O'Donnell, who does have a history with Edmonton. Uh, he is currently with the Indianapolis Colts right now, which presents a bit of an issue. Uh, an NFL team, once you're on your their practice roster for two years... Third year is kind of the final chance with that team. So they expect him to be in training camp this year. So the Elks traded away the number one pick. Tyrell Richards is expected to contribute this year on special teams. He's so versatile. 
in exchange for an offensive lineman that you might not see until next year. And they also lost a starting offensive lineman on the same day. That's why I'm kind of, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, and you might not see What if he doesn't sign? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like they traded a guy who's under contract, you know, when you get him and it's his final year or something. It's, you're just traded for his rights. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't get it. I guess we we do need need to acknowledge as well Edmonton's first round picks here, and it has been said that the the draft class this year not as deep as years past, but it does look like the high end talent will be able to contribute right away, and we got some cool insight from Jones during the draft broadcast on TSN, which was. <laughs> Fun to watch. He's got the shades on. He's, but he did mention, and of course, he's a brilliant defensive mind. I don't think we can, we can really deny that. Uh, but with the hash marks coming in, he mentioned that the Sam linebacker and the Will linebacker, now they're going to be very similar positions. Yeah. So with Enoch McConzo, Drafted in the first round. This guy had 146 tackles and 26 collegiate games. He's He looks like just an athlete, a tool that Jones will be able to put almost anywhere on the defense. And you know he's excited to get that pick in. I mean, if he can turn Deron Carter yeah. <laughs> in, into a DB, uh, he's going to have a heyday with this kid. I mean, like you said, he's an athlete. Yep. Like, not just a football player. He he is an athlete. You can put him numerous positions, and I think he's going to be able to figure it out. And a lot of times that's what the CFL draft is. Maybe they're not able to contribute right away on offense and defense, but if yeah. you can make it happen on special teams or – And yeah. the money that they're paying, yeah, right, for a rookie, if you can get him to contribute on special teams, you can spend that money somewhere else. And I guess we got to mention, you mentioned it, the quarterback, Trey Ford, going at eighth overall, the first quarterback to be taken in the first round since 1980. <laughs> now, Did we you, mentioned... Do you even know who that was? No. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, now we, now we have uh, the rule changes. We mentioned the hash marks coming in but also the change of two quarterbacks being allowed on the field at once. Mm -hmm. Trey Ford, with how good of an athlete he is, and I know Jones isn't an offensive mind, but that does look like another tool that they'll be able to use almost anywhere on the field. Right, and I mean, you have that option. We've seen teams use Wildcat before. Uh, I mean, it makes it too obvious what's going to happen most of the time that you know because your running back is back there unless they're going to do some reverses and laterals to get the quarterback the ball but now with two quarterbacks or if you want to run two quarterbacks out there uh you know a a kid like trey ford i think that just gives him another opportunity to get on the field and show uh, what he can do and i I really hope that he gets to stay as a quarterback and john hodge had the great points like he always has great points Uh, in the draft preview show on Monday that the CFL draft, it it won't become a big deal until there are quarterbacks getting drafted on a regular basis or running backs and receivers that are contributing on a regular basis. Because of the quote unquote skill position. Yeah. If it's all offensive linemen. Then who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not who cares, but I mean, it's, 
it, it's it's not the glamour stuff. It's the stuff where you have to kind of do a deep dive. Yeah. And be like, okay, so, you know, they're going to run out, they're going to start four Canadians or they're going to have an all Canadian offensive line. And, and, you know, you got to have that depth, which means you got to have Canadians to back them up, which, you know, comes into the draft again. It, it just becomes kind of, kind of building your team one way. Whereas if they can, like you said, if they can get those skill positions, I mean, teams and teams can start not exploiting it, but you know, if that talent, I think the talent needs to be a little better before those positions I mean, those guys. There's, there's only a handful that are that are ready to go right out of the gate. Well, yeah, in, right. In Canada, so, I mean, we're playing hockey from four years old. That really doesn't happen yeah. with football. So the same level of competition. The, the quarterbacks aren't always CFL ready. That's just no. the way it is. And same with the receivers as well. And it's, so. and it's hard. It's hard to get football ready. They don't get reps because everybody's so concerned with winning. Which yeah. it's professional yeah. sports. I yeah. completely understand that. But when you have a team like Edmonton and they trot out Taylor Cornelius last year, that's what they needed. That's what he needed. That's the only way he's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the patience and uh, that's why I, I don't know if it's ideal for the BC Lions to go into this season with Nathan Rourke as the starter. But if I know what you played, got. Yeah. If, if he had one more year under Riley, I think that would have been a great situation for the Lions. Uh, but sometimes I feel that the patience isn't shown to the player, sometimes vice versa as well, but that's that's kind of the way it goes in in the CFL. So I really hope Trey Ford ends up turning out. His brother Tyrell, defensive back, <laughs> ends up going to Winnipeg. From what I've heard, they've said that this guy, great athlete, but he's never had the competition to push him. Yeah, he, he just dominated his competition it's like, with Waterloo. It's like me playing. It's like me playing name that tune. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not even fun anymore. Just a dominant force. Yeah. But I, I love that there are these twins, Trey Tyrell Ford. We also had Jalen and Tyson Philpot. Now, uh, Jalen ends up going to Calgary as a receiver. Tyson ends up going to Montreal as a receiver, and guess. The week one matchup, Calgary versus Montreal. I really hope that they'll be able to crack yeah. the lineup and be on the roster for that, but you couldn't have written it any better than that. No, I, the only better way is that they both end up in BC. And some Lions fans, pretty upset yeah. about that. But I think about the draft as well. I, I think teams are done doing that. And that's an interesting point because Montreal over the last several years, they've really stuck with Quebec football players. Well, I mean, they've been professional since they were 17. So why wouldn't you? That helps. That helps. (laughs) But it seems like they treated it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. But if you look at BC's roster makeup, they they've got Lucky Whitehead as a receiver. He's not Canadian. I know, but they've got Burnham and they've got, um, uh, Javon Katoy, the Canadian yep. receiver that I think will become a great player in this league if he gets used properly. He's a beast. Yeah. Where Ed or BC has struggled, they had some losses they suffered on the offensive line. And when's the last time they've had a pass rush? 2019. A, even then. Like, no, no, that was garbage too. That was terrible. <laughs> so they go with, uh, with Nathan Cherry, 
out of the University of Saskatchewan. Kelly Bates, the offensive line coach in BC mm-hmm. from Humboldt. I wonder if he had a little bit of influence in that room, Ty. Oh, I would, I would assume so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> an hour and 10-minute drive. I mean. <laughs> so not only did they take Nathan Cherry at defensive line at third overall, they took Noah Zur, offensive lineman from the Huskies, in the second round. They also took Riley Pickett, defensive line from Saskatchewan in the fifth round. Ryder Varga, linebacker from Regina in the third round. Uh, they're stacking up on Sasky players mm-hmm. out on the West Coast. That Can, Can West 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where BC needs the help, in yeah. the trenches. And who knows, maybe in the future, Jalen and Tyson will end up playing together in uh, in BC and speaking of Noah Zur, I I'm sure Ryder fans would have liked to see him keep playing football in Saskatchewan. But think about the Riders roster as well. This offseason, losing two Canadian receivers with Braden Lenius taking his shot in the NFL and Terrell Janna ends up retiring there. So the need was there for a Canadian receiver. And in the first round, they get Samuel Emelis uh, from Louisiana Tech uh, looking at his highlight tape. If that guy turns around and the Riders, I think of. They've done pretty well with Canadian receivers lately. Keen mm-hmm. Schaefer Baker, Justin McInnes might be a starter this year. And then you get another one there with Samuel Emelis. Hopefully that pick turns out for them. And, and we've seen it in the past in Saskatchewan. I know it's a different front office and everything, with, but I mean, they are able to, they, they draft these guys or they, they're able to, you know, trade for them because they see something. And it always seems to be the Canadian receivers and they use them. They get into games. They yeah. get playing time. They get the opportunities. Whereas you see guys, you know, so far down the depth chart in other teams that they they just kind of sit there and then, you know, three years goes by and they're done. A lot of it is opportunity. Saskatchewan seems to give a lot of opportunity to Canadian receivers. It does seem like the Riders kind of taking the long game with some of their uh, offensive linemen. They've got 25-year-old Matland Riley, uh, 25-year-old Logan Furland, 27-year-old Evan Johnson. And they are, well, Dan Clark, he's 33, but he's also from Saskatchewan. So there's some young Saskatchewan uh, rooted offensive linemen that the Riders still have. And I, I know it's tempting with the Grey Cup happening this year, to sell the farm and go for it. It happened in 2013. And I think a lot of Ryder fans would tell you they would do it all again. After 09 and 2010. Yeah. 100%. Like not even a question. But they're playing the long game. And I think that's pretty tough to argue against that strategy as well. Yeah. You want, you want to set yourself up for sustained success. Now, I don't think, you know, that is, you know, 25 years being in the playoffs, but because football, especially this league, it's so cyclical, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but if you can set yourself up for the next 10 years where your O line is pretty steady, stable, uh, and they, they will stay healthy and you can supplement that with the depth from the draft or or signing guys and and not trading away futures. Yeah. uh, Right. Yeah. It's great to win a great cup, especially at home. uh, But Right now, you're in a position where you have Fajardo. He's young. You you don't want to mortgage that yet. 
you know, if, if he's 36, 37 yeah. and they're hosting, go all in. It's your, if, if he's been your franchise guy for 10 years, but you can't do it now. Ottawa Red Blacks kind of going back to their roots with their draft strategy early on. Uh, what, if you look- two and 16. <laughs> if you look back at uh, Marcel Desjardins early strategy in the first round, it was always offensive lineman. Zach Pelios goes second overall by all accounts. He's nasty, and he gets to stay playing in Ottawa. So you, you like to see that. And in the second round, Sorel Hogan St. Don from Laval, offensive lineman. So two of them up front, and they get the territorial pick. Why not? Jesse Lucetta, seventh-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. But if he ever decides to come to Canada, Ottawa's going to have his rights, and they're going to be happy to have those. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and like <laughs> Ottawa, like we we made fun of Desjardins, and just uh, yeah, yeah. It seemed like he had no idea what the hell he was doing after after those Grey Cup appearances. Uh, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. They're still, you know, and maybe it's just because of the talent that was in the draft this year, but they're still just plugging away at offensive linemen, which is fine if you can surround them at the other positions with with the talent because you should have a cheaper O-line, but it just doesn't seem to be working out quite yet. Now, they're going to be a completely different team this year Mm -hmm. uh, than years past, so we'll see how that works out uh, for Ottawa, but When's the last team, last time a team won the Grey Cup without a nasty offensive line? You just gotta have that. And uh, they had some big acquisitions. Uh, Jacob Ruby, Hunter Stewart, Ucombre Williams, uh, Darius Siraco, uh joining the roster in Ottawa. Yeah. So they've got options and all of a sudden they've got depth at that position. And Sean Burke has really turned that roster around in a hurry. I do want to give a shout out to some of the the teams, uh, the way and the content they were producing on draft day. I just love seeing the coach calling the player, telling them that they've been just been drafted to the Canadian football league. I think one, you need to Anthony Federico defensive lineman for Queens drafted to the tie cats in the second round. You could hear the uh, emotion in his voice mm-hmm. and, and and the video they showed of Tyrell Richards being drafted first overall to the uh, Montreal Alouettes. And when Kahari Jones gave him a call. Yeah. That kid. You're, you're just an old softy. <laughs> well, that's true, but you could tell he's trying to play it cool on the phone, but yeah. the video of him running around. <laughs> and like we, we brought it up. Like, I mean, the CFL, not a glamorous lifestyle for a lot of yeah, players. Yeah. Like they're, you're not making the multi-millions of dollars that they are in the NFL. It's still professional football. Yeah. Uh, it, even if even if players use it as a stepping stone where they're only here for two or three years and they get a chance down south because teams have overlooked them, I mean, they should be excited. They should be happy to get drafted. Like it, it's another opportunity. And I think we've almost seen a bit of a shift with the draft lately. In 2020, Jordan Williams goes first to the Lions. He's a contributor right off the bat, rookie of the year. Now uh, Tyrell Richards, he was an absolute monster at the Combine. And 
And I think that was one of those situations where the combine helped them because the Philpot twins, the, the combine kind of hurt them. They did well in the one-on-ones when they were doing football things. Yeah. But some of the other testing, not the best, but Richards and his work ethic. I, I couldn't give a, about how many bench press reps a kid can do mm-hmm. for the shuttle. Like what, how does like, how, Put him in one on ones. How well can he cover if he's a corner? Yeah, yeah. How well can he run routes? Like if he's a receiver, put him one on one with a with a, if he's an old lineman. Yeah, maybe bench press there just just mm-hmm. to see it. But I mean, how is he against defensive linemen getting in his face? Like it, the football stuff I think should weigh way more than any of the. I don't know even like. You know the weights and the shuttle and testing, yeah, the testing stuff. Like I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how much weight you can really put into that stuff. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a moment where Gretzky couldn't do a chin up? Sam Bennett didn't do one. Yeah, couldn't because yeah. he had his shoulder was screwed up. Right, he still got drafted. The Flames yeah. completely misused him, and now he's going to go win a cup <laughs> in Florida. But like, who cares if yeah. you do a chin up? Yeah. You know how many I can do? One, if I do it when I jump up to grab the bar and keep my momentum going, but I can't do it just from hanging. I can do it if I hold the stool up to the bar. Hey. (laughs) Uh, The Alouettes also grab Rodeem Brown at offensive line for the University of Alberta. I know Elks fans would have liked to have seen him Mm -hmm. stay in Alberta, but the draft that. I really liked here was the draft from, and I'm sure Calgary will make their guys work out. I mean, Jalen Philpot played in Weird. that stadium with University. Now yeah. he gets to do it in the pros as well. Uh, Rashid Tucker, a running back in the sixth round. They got some great value. But mm-hmm. I think Toronto got some great value here, and they might just have the best Canadian Man. talent in the whole league. I am looking at their roster right now, and I sorted it to nationals and like it's you know Darius Bladick, Philip Blake, Juwan Braskison, uh Chevrier, Colhoun, Declan Cross, Fabian Foote, Curly Gittens Jr., Andrew Harris, like yeah. I mean the list goes Royce Mechie, like the list list goes on, Mwamba, Castro, uh, you know, like it's just they have and it's been kind of quietly. Like, it's not like it all came in in one year. Like right. they've been built, they've been building that Canadian talent on this roster for a while, and it's. I think it's going to start paying off here. And their draft uh, in the uh, first round, Gregor McKellar, offensive lineman from Saint FX. If I remember correctly, he was a. Uh, he's a pro, he's like a pro bagpiper. So I really hope that they uh, take advantage of that. <laughs> Glenn Healy lives in Toronto. It'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> Deontay Knight from Western, the defensive lineman, a lot had him as the best D lineman in the draft. Toronto grabs him at 10th mm-hmm. uh, in the second round. And they also in the second round, running back Daniel Adabobier, running back from Bryant University. Now, I, I, I know you said that the if I, if I remember correctly, I think he had the oh. most reps on bench press in the combine. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, as a running back, this guy looks like it's a great move, especially, and you talk about roster makeup. You're going to have Andrew Harris as your starting running back. You just drafted another running back, and they've already got running talent with that team. I think they'll be able to run all over teams this year. And don't discount that offensive line either. Yeah. No, a year together now coming into a full training camp, like they could do some damage. Uh, we'll talk about Edmonton a little bit more here because <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that uh, John Hodge said it on the podcast. Mark David Bnm, uh, mm-hmm. offensive lineman of Fresno State. I think he's played one college game in the last three years. Three years. <laughs> Edmonton takes him in the third round. So there's your uh, another off the board pick. Uh, wide receiver Gavin Cobb from the University of Manitoba in the fourth round, presenting some great value as well. But do you do you think Chris Jones is just doing this just so he can say, "See, I am smarter than everybody else." Sometimes it feels like that. Like, and the Deron Carter thing, and I guess he's going to play DB this year. Um, I think part of it is that he wants to prove that he could coach a guy uh, that is good at scoring touchdowns as a receiver to being a good cover yeah. man and prove that he's right about it. What does that get you? You've already got the job. You've already got the job. Then what are we doing? It's entertaining though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he this generation's Don Matthews? No. He's well, he doesn't have his, he doesn't have the, the, the great cups. Yeah. If he starts winning those on a more regular basis, he he came under the dawn, and I think he's he's following those footsteps. I just don't. Yeah, I, I just can't give him any respect. <laughs> okay, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of the CFL. Then. Yeah, <laughs> a Caddyshack Rodney Dangerfield. No, so back group- to school. Back to school. <laughs> The, the global draft was also on Tuesday. Oh, the punter draft. I was going to say, do you think Randy Ambrosi uh, Oops. saw that coming? Nope. I don't think this was the the whole goal with the global, the 2.0 stuff, to bring in punters uh, but, as that but global when, spot. When soccer is the biggest sport in the world. It's not surprising that a lot of the best players that are playing international football and can kick international American football can kick like makes perfect sense. I would, I don't, we didn't see it coming. So it's not like I can, you know, say, Oh, Randy Ambrose is an idiot. How do you not see this coming? We didn't see it coming either. Um, I think I read on Twitter today though, like the first team that figures out a global running back will change the game and change that whole draft. I think you give uh, coaches an inch and they'll take a mile, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Why would why wouldn't you take a punter cuz they pay, they get paid less than than the the league minimum. Mm-hmm. As a as a global draftee. It, it happened with uh hockey. The Devils and the and the Stars of the 90s. They 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 took advantage of the rules that they eventually just had to change the rules. Change them. And may, maybe that's what we're seeing in the CFL right now. There's been such a revolution, I think, among defensive-minded coaches, not so much on the offensive side. 
Well, the offense didn't need to change just because they kept changing the rules to benefit the offense. You didn't have to yeah. change the game. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing some of those changes yeah. now. I, I do want to mention Ben Griffiths that the Elks took in the global draft. <laughs> Six foot seven, 240 pounds as a punter and a sub five second 40 yard dash. You telling me this guy's There's, just going to be a kicker? <laughs> there is no chance, no chance he's not playing D line at some point. If they fake it with that guy, you're going to get in front of him. <laughs> I'm making a business decision at that point. <laughs> and I, I think to to be fair to the Elks here as well, the supplemental draft was uh, on Thursday as well. And the Elks end up giving up a a second-round pick in 2023 for J. Min Pelly from the University of Calgary. Wow. <laughs> We're talking about that punter. <laughs> this guy's six foot six, 320. And his highlight tape from U Sports, it, it might as well be a man going to play the Little He's- Giants. Like, he's Danny Almonte. <laughs> he's that 12-year-old kid from the Dominican the Little League World Series. We all know he's 16. Yeah. Yeah. So and and, he is a massive human being. And I, I was listening to the Turf District podcast, uh, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, and the CFPN. Carter O'Donnell probably would have been a first overall pick in mm-hmm. any other year. This, had he not had yeah. NFL opportunities, yeah. And this kid, Jamin Pelly, he probably would have been a first-round pick as well. Yeah. So he only played three years at the UFC. He got the special exemption to get into the supplemental draft, and it's expected that he actually might get an NFL chance after this year. <laughs> Do you think? I've seen, I don't want to hype a guy too much. I don't want to put too much pressure Well, as if he cares about pressure coming from me. But this guy looks like he could be a monster up the middle for the Elks. Yeah. And a rushing touchdown to boot. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Just like Montreal was doing with uh, Mondo last year. Now, the Stamps also gave up a second-round pick in this supplemental draft to get defensive tackle TJ Ram from Boston College. He's also expected to be a contributor this year as well. There you go. The draft has been recapped by us in a few weeks. Uh, These kids will be at training camp, and we're going to be... Maybe, maybe. I guess. An update. It hasn't been signed. Nothing's been signed. That's that that's that's very fair, man. The CBA continues to be negotiated. Now there was word this week that the league came to the players with a proposal that included a ten-year agreement, and there's no chance the players sign that. Yeah, that that is that too that long. Seems, yeah, that seems pretty ambitious. Um, but this is from Dave Naylor just a couple hours uh, before we recorded this podcast saying that the league and the Players Association have concluded two days of meetings. The two sides are scheduled to meet next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And next Friday is, is that the 13th? Yes, it is. Uh, The CBA would expire 
the next day at midnight. Rookies are actually supposed to report this weekend. So they got to get it figured out next week. Yeah. Uh, a 10-year deal would be nice to not have to worry about this until the 2030s. <laughs> it's not even that. Like You can do a five-year deal, four-year yeah. deal. Yeah. But why not start negotiating in December? Yeah. Exactly. Why are, why are we why are we sitting around for three months? Same thing happened in baseball. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I I you know, I, I'm a procrastinator in my life too, so I, I guess I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not a procrastinator. You're right. Yeah, I mean me neither. <laughs> Uh, I want to mention that the U Sports Canadian quarterback internship program is back for this year. So each team is going to have a quarterback from a U Sports team at training camp. I, I think that's a great uh, way to do it. Uh, Trey Ford was actually with Montreal in 18, Hamilton in 19, Michael O'Connor, Chris Merchant, Hugo Richard, Noah Picton, Andrew Buckley, and the great Marshall Ferguson uh, passed uh, participants in uh, in this program. I love to see it. Legend. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which is on a mission to inform you about your city. Want to get a handle on Edmonton's growing innovation scene? Take a listen to Bloom, Taproot's newest podcast. Each week, hosts Emily Rendell-Watson and Faiza Ramji will discuss the latest developments in efforts to solve new problems and diversity and diversify the economy. Find out who has invented what, who is investing in whom, and what is on the horizon. Find Bloom wherever you listen to podcasts or visit bloom.taprootedmonton.ca. Single game tickets are now on sale for the CFL season. Uh, we learned this week that the Argos are going to be having training camp at Guelph and the June 3rd preseason game against the Ticats will be there. And the Elks, uh, this is, this is great no matter which way you put it. They're having a stand with Ukraine preseason game June 3rd against the Calgary Stampeders. All Preseason tickets are 15 bucks with net proceeds going to the Canada Ukraine Foundation. Wow. Funds directly support Ukrainians resettling here in Alberta. 15 bucks for a preseason game. The great cause. They keep doing things right in Edmonton, Ty. Yeah. And, you know, it's been ever since the, the wholesale changes of the franchise, you know, the, there's one thing left to do. We all know what it is, but I don't want to take away from yeah. from this. Like, this is a great initiative, uh, and already in a community that is strongly, strongly Eastern European. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, not just Ukrainians, but you know a yeah. lot of Eastern Bloc, like in the 80s and 70s and stuff like that. Uh, very, still very prominent. Uh, you know, and I think maybe uh, you know those people, th- those families may might come out because of this cause and, and you know, buy some tickets and, and I'm sure there will be donations and everything going at the game as well. And probably a 50, 50, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're completely changing uh, the community engagement because it seemed before there wasn't any. Yeah. Travis Curra, Brazilian tie, the two and out CFL podcast. Now, if I, I look at the calendar, the next time we release the show will be Monday, May 16th. 
hopefully we've got a new CBA done by then. Hopefully, training camps are open by then. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that podcast, joining the show will be one of the newest members of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Jalen Acklin. He's a fun guy to talk to, and I can't wait for everybody to hear that conversation. Uh, You know, that was a struggle that day for me with no power and no internet. Uh, But, you know, at least I got to sit in and make one joke. So that was nice. Rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. We'll talk to you in 10 days. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.